Good evening. It's good to see you guys. Thank you all for coming out tonight. You know, timing is everything, isn't it? You know, I I spend so much time thinking about time, you know, and how to time all the things that I have going on. You know, today was one of those days. I started out today. I made a agreement to, to meet a couple of people today, do these things. We had, we had certain times we were going to do these things. And then it changed, you know. And I was thinking, you really don't need to change this on me today. Today's not the day, you know. And, uh, but I went with it. I rolled with it, right. And uh, I, was, I was still in Nashville just like a couple of hours ago, you know. And I, and I left in a hurry where I was trying to you know, get back, get back to the house, be able to get to here, you know, all the things. And, and I was just thinking about timing, right? And uh, I put, I got, I got the phone out, got the ways going, telling me, that's, that's a thing that tells you where to go, by the way, if you didn't know. Try to miss the bad traffic, okay? I know how to get home, okay? So I put it in there, because it's supposed to tell me where the bad traffic is. And, uh, and I, I get going, and it says, oh, 20 minutes, and I was like, right, like, no way, not on Friday afternoon, not today, that ain't, I, I know better than that, sure enough, 20 minutes, couldn't believe it, timing, you know, and, and I think, I look at, you know, the life of Jesus, and I look at when he came, and I look at what he did, and I think how much of that was orchestrated in perfect timing, right? And, I, and, I, and I've thought about it, thought about it a lot this week as I've been thinking about all the things that Jesus would experience from the moments that we talked about this past week on Palm Sunday, moving forward between then and, and, and Good Friday, the day that he would lose his life, that he would give his life. And, um, and all of the little things that would happen along the way and how they were perfectly timed, right? You know, and I thought, about, I thought about even the betrayal of Judas, you know, in that moment. I mean, just, you know, we mentioned this on Sunday. You know, he, he has him come to supper, right? He has him come to the Last Supper. He could have left him out. I mean, he knew what he was going to do, you know? And I'm thinking... Jesus, what do you, you know, you want to hang out with this guy for another five seconds, much less have a meal with the guy? Like that's that's the that's the way you're gonna that's what you're gonna do here. That's the way you're gonna take this. And so sure enough, he had but then even even there, where something that someone else did, he's the one controlling it. Because at just the right time. During the supper, he says, you know, the next one that dips the bread, he's, he's the guy. And then he dips the bread and he realizes, oh man, I just got found out. And Jesus looks at him and he's like, go ahead. It's all good. You know? Why? Because it was time. Because it was time. Russ Ramsey, and I shared this many years ago. I wanted to share it again. I just I got to thinking about it 
this week, and I, I, I went back and I found it. It's an article on the Gospel Coalition that Russ Ramsey did, and, and really it's, a, it's an itinerary. It's a schedule of the possible schedule of what we might be looking at for Good Friday, the day that Jesus died. And it's amazing when you, when you look at it, and it, and it starts at 4, possibly 4 a.m. in the morning. And between 4 to 6 a.m., he has his first trial, okay? You remember this one? It's the one where, you know, they wash their hands like, we don't want to deal with this, like, you know, move this thing along with somebody else. And then from 6 to 8, he has the second trial. Of course, that's before Pilate and Herod. And, you know, this is, you know, where he gets sentenced to be crucified, right? Now, interestingly enough, you know, the first hour of the day was considered to be 6 a.m. So then, and, and the reason we can track some of this is because if you look through the scriptures, you'll see these little tidbits that, that's, that talk about in the, in the passages talking about Good Friday. It'll say things like, it was the third hour. Well, it's talking about the third hour of the day. In fact, that would be 9 a.m. And at the third hour at 9 a.m., Jesus would be hung on the cross at 9 a.m. And I, and I thought about that this morning. At, and, you know, when I, when I got up and I thought, when's, you know, what time is it? When's 9 a.m. getting here? And Jesus is crucified. And then from 9 to 9.30, the soldiers divide Jesus' clothing and he prays for them. And from 9.30 till 11, the soldiers watch over the crucifixion and they mock Jesus. And they say, he can't save himself. Come down from there, son of God. And then from 11 to noon, Jesus speaks to the thieves on either side. The unrepentant thief asks Jesus to remember him. Jesus promises, today you will be with me in paradise. And to his mother, Mary, and to John, Jesus says, woman, here is your son. John, here is your mother. He's, he's kind of linking up these loved ones, you know, in this moment because he knows that they're losing their minds. And at noon... A three-hour darkness descends upon the land. When the sixth hour had come, there was, there was a darkness over all the land until the ninth hour, it says. And from noon to three, that darkness is there. The earth quakes, and the temple curtain is torn. Jesus thirsts. And at the ninth hour, three o'clock in the afternoon, Jesus cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus said, it is finished, and he gave up his spirit. I want to read to you Matthew 27, verse 32. It says that when they went out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name, they compelled this man to carry his cross. And when they came to a place called Golgotha, they offered him wine to drink, mixed with gall. But when he tasted it, he would not drink it. 
And when they had crucified him, they divided his garments among them by casting lots. Then they sat down and kept watch over him there, and over his head they put the charge against him, which read, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. The two robbers were crucified with him, one on the right and one on the left. And those who passed by derided him, wagging their heads and saying, You who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. So also the chief priests with the scribes and elders mocked him, saying, He saved others. He cannot save himself. He is the king of Israel. Let him come down from the cross, and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God deliver him now, if he desires him. For he said, I am the son of God. And the robbers who were crucified with him also reviled him in the same way. Now from the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, This man is calling Elijah. And one of them at once ran and took a sponge, filled it with sour wine and put it on a reed and gave it for him to drink. But the others said, Wait. Let us see whether Elijah will come and save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. Verse 51. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And the earth shook and the rocks were split and tombs also were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. When the centurion and those who were with him keeping watch over Jesus saw the earthquake and what took place, they were filled with awe and said, truly, this was the Son of God. Imagine being there in that moment. The temple curtain being torn top to bottom. There's a lot there. A lot more than we can unpack tonight. But the Cliff Notes version is God did that, not man. Top to bottom. That curtain was really tall. Really, really tall. And the moment that that was done signified for man that we don't need a priest to get to God. We'd been given the the ultimate priest in Jesus. He would be our way from here on out for everyone who would believe in him could have life. All at the right time. All at the right time. Romans 5, 6 says this. It says, For while we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us 
in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more. Now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. There's hardly a funeral that I don't share that passage of Scripture at. You know why? Because when I'm going to somebody's funeral, I'm thinking, today we're going to celebrate this person's life, but I also want to celebrate who Christ is and what he's done, and that we have victory in death, but I'm also thinking about who's in that crowd. And I'm always thinking, you know, there's got to be somebody in that crowd of people who's never believed in Jesus. And I'm asking myself the question, why haven't they believed in Jesus? And I've come to find along the way there's a lot of people who haven't believed in Jesus because they think that we think that you've got to get your junk together before you can go to God and He can save you. And they don't understand that at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. And that we've been justified by his blood. Made free. Bought with the price. In fact, Hebrews 9.22 says this. It says, indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Nothing but the blood would do. It had to be the blood of Jesus at the perfect time he came, at the perfect time he loved, at the perfect time he served, at the perfect time he humbled himself to the point of death on a cross. It had to be him. It had to be his blood. It had to be at the right time. Today, we remember the sacrifice that Jesus made on our behalf. And tonight, I encourage you, if you've never believed in Christ, if you've never trusted in Jesus, I want you to know you don't have to get all your junk together for him to save you. In fact, he would rather you come to him like you are, and he wants to help you. He wants to help mold you and shape you into being the person that God has called you to be. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for your perfect timing in all of the things. God, it is so hard sometimes for us to trust in that way. But God, today and tonight, we are reminded that at just the right time, you sent Jesus to die, not for the perfect, but for the ungodly. God, that is us. God, that is the death that we deserve for our sin. God, you paid the ransom. God, we thank you for it. God, thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for Jesus. And in this moment, Lord, God, may you accept our worship as we humbly come to you to say thank you for the blood. We ask all this in your son's name. Amen.